Hello, and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I'm Ben Mandelker. This is episode 173, and today I am joined by someone so influential, he has his own musical tag, a la Jason Derulo. It's Mr. Paul Satachit. Paul Satachit. Wow, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Like uh, I taught Jason everything he knows. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think people don't realize that like you really are kind of like the godfather exactly. of, of 2010's pop, right? Exactly, exactly. Me and Jason. Yeah, you and Jason Derulo. Hi, Paul. How's hey, it going? Ben, how you, doing? you having a good day? I think so. I, I, uh, I, think- I started the day... Uh, uh, going to, I go like, you know, I'm up early. I'm going to go to a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. Oh, okay, nice. And like after class, I'm like, that might have been a mistake. Oh. <laughs> like it's a little earlier. And on Sundays, I I don't normally get beat up in the morning because no, I don't no. go to, you know, like, oh, maybe. Not physically. Yeah, yeah, like always mentally and emotionally, but like you know, physically, yeah. that's the break. Uh, but yeah, that was very, uh, it was very interesting. Waking up early to do physical exercise, especially if you're not, if, if that's not something that you normally do, can be like pretty intense. That's a, that, yeah, that it hits it, harder, you know. It, it, it's worse. It's you know, worse. It, it, it's actually, I think it's uh, people who do that. It's a failure of character. I think so too. I'm glad you said that because when I see people waking up at like four thirty in the morning to work out at five, I'm always like, you've failed as a human. Well, I, I was in Nashville. Not me. Not no, me. I no. haven't failed. Uh, I know. I sleep in and I maybe work out that day. So I'm a success story. That's it's right. the people who have the discipline and who care about their bodies and their health. They're the ones who clearly have failed in uh, this life. Obviously, because they're, they're making up for something. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. Well, clearly. Like I was in Nashville and I was hanging out with a friend of mine and his daughter is like 10 and she wakes up at 545 and like either does yoga or like push-ups you know, the more before he goes to school she's 10 she's she 10 oh my god and, and i go like oh girl she's, <laughs> she like, be, like, that's i i said from the beginning like i to his uh to my friend i go like i can't wait till she grows up so i can work for her <laughs> <laughs> i know right like my dream is to have the discipline like I, I literally every single weekend i have a moment where i say you know what this week, I'm going to start waking up 30 minutes earlier and just doing my Peloton workout just right first thing in the morning, get it done, create that habit. And soon I will it'll just be like, it won't be a thing. It'll just it'll like be something I do. That's something I'll do. And without fail, it literally never happens. It's not like I even do it once mm-hmm. and then I fall off. It just doesn't. It just never happens. You know the way to fix that, though. Be a better person. No, just remove the Peloton. Just oh. get rid of it. <laughs> Actually, I think when we're, as we're recording right now, this is when I had mentally designated time to work on my Peloton. But I was like, you know what? This podcast has to come out. There you go. It, you got to do this. We got to make it work. So I'll just do this. So you screwed later. the bottle on the barrel and, and got me. Yeah, I found Paul. <laughs> um, so uh, it's been an it's been a fun weekend. I have to say. Um, you know, we don't have a game that we're necessarily deep diving this uh, week. We're just going to talk about some of our more recent plays again, um, because we're still kind of ramping up from the, for the new year, et cetera. Um, although there's like one game, I think we can semi deep dive. Sure. Uh, but, um, what I really wanted to start the episode about oh, was... Oh, please do tell. Yes. <laughs> I actually want to talk about some television. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started watching uh, a reality show on Peacock. 
Um, uh, it's a, an import from, from a British reality show, which in, in turn may be an import of a Dutch reality show. I feel like almost all the great reality shows start in the Netherlands. Like uh, The Voice, right? The Voice was in Netherlands. I think I Big Brother, oh. maybe even Survivor. Like they just all seem to come from, I mean, Endemol, I think, is a Dutch company. Oh, well, then, well there you go. Yeah. So uh, the, the show I started watching, and then I told, texted Paul and said, You better watch this, is The Traitors. <laughs> <laughs> So if you weren't, if you didn't want an Avalon discussion, like uh, just fast forward to some. So, well, no, actually, I think this is, well, this, this is, is interesting. This is not an Avalon discussion yeah. because we're not sitting here talking about, oh my God, Paul, like you, you should have voted no on that mission, but you did. And then we had a, a success and it wasn't expected. Like no one cares. Sure, sure, sure. No one cares about that. I mean, I do, but don't worry about it. You care. But that's <laughs> Uh, but uh, but so Traders is interesting because basically it's like playing mafia. Or, it's like or watching yeah. mafia, uh, mafia werewolf. You know, it's the same thing, right? It's a, it's in that thing where basically we have our pool of contestants. In this case, half of them are established reality stars, half are or norm are normals, mm-hmm. and um, three of them are secretly traitors, aka the mafioso or the or the sure, werewolves. Sure. And every night they're going to kill someone, and then then during the day the the group is going to banish someone to hopefully try to get you know the, the the bad people out. That's right. So like so, just to be clear, this is how society works: bad guys kill someone, and then the next morning, mob justice. No, <laughs> no, no one has any real clue, and you go, you you looked at me the wrong way. And, <laughs> Well, it's so, um, first of all, the show is amazing. The, I mean, they just do such a great job. The production values are great. The characters are great. Alan Cummings is the host and he like, he's in these amazing tartan outfits. It's all in a Scottish castle. It's a great show, but it's, it's interesting watching it from like a board gamer perspective, mm-hmm. especially in a group that plays a lot of social deductions, specifically Avalon. Sure. Um, what did you think? You saw the first episode, I saw right? the first two episodes. Oh, you saw the first two. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? I thought it was very, like, I thought it was very interesting. Like, you know, uh, from a, from a, like a TV show perspective, you're like, hmm, should they have shown the people? Like, you know, that's the, what the, I tra- thought. Tra- 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 Who are the bad, like, should, I thought that too. Like, yeah. should they, are we going to be trying to figure it out? Along as with well, it. along with everyone, but they choose to tell us right away who the traitors are, which which creates- is a, which is a different path. It's, it's not a wrong path. It's like you know, it's just like oh, this way you're now you're following the journey of the traitors, which is good. Yeah. It'll work. Like you know, I think I'm only episode two, so. Uh, but what's funny was I was watching the pilot and Ben was like texting me like, oh, this person, yeah, this person is great. This person is great, and then I go like, I really like this person, and then radio silence, and it's like. Oh, he doesn't make it past episode one. <laughs> that person did not survive. But um, uh, it, it's interesting because we know who the traitors mm-hmm. are. Um, you are actually able. It's I, I'm really glad that, that we're able to see that because yeah. we're actually able to see people's choices and how terrible their choices yeah, are. It, 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 it's, <laughs> you know, like when we play Avalon, like you know, there's something that I think Trey likes to say a lot, and he goes. Uh, this game teaches us that your instincts mean very little, mm-hmm. you know, in a vacuum, they mean very little, like, you know, yes. uh, com- combined with evidence and like that may help you, but like by themselves, like, you know, like, and, and just watching these people just like, go, bam, bam, you have to be 
a traitor. Yeah. You know, and, and they're like, they're staking their whole game on it. And then all of a sudden they're not traitor. And everyone, oh my God. Yeah. I'm so I sad. Didn't I didn't like, know. How did, you, you never knew. <laughs> no, that, well, what's kind of amazing watching the show is that um, you see a lot of the things that happen in these social deduction mm-hmm. games and it's sort of being removed from it and just watching for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You realize you see the things that you, that you encounter when you play these games and you also realize how stupid you are for it's not, you're not stupid, but you're kind of stupid for, mm-hmm. for falling into the same traps because when you watch people, one person enters some nugget of suspicion on someone mm-hmm. And then people jump onto it. And then it doesn't take very long before that suspicion to become fact. You know, someone says, oh, I feel like Kate lies. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it becomes, Kate has told so many lies. And watching that develop over these episodes of watching that show reminds me so much of the frustration of being like a good guy Mm -hmm. in these games. Like, it's this this thing where, how should I say it in the best way? Uh... I look at the game and I feel if I was on the, if I was on this game, there's no way I would win. It's just because because I'm not very good at like you know staying quiet and mm-hmm. and or like you know like flowing being invisible with with the what you call it with the popularity and, and it's just as you said like some you know we say all the time don't let this person control the narrative right you know and the controlling narrative isn't necessarily just going like. Oh well, you know, like this person, you know, jumping up and down. It's it's things like what you just said, like you know. Oh well, I I don't know. I think Ben was kind of a little suspicious after the eyes opened, mm-hmm. and and like well, we played this week, and like Ben was like dead meat, like you know, like round one, and and it took very little for people to make Ben dead meat. Yeah, uh, but also that's kind of. My personality mm-hmm. is that I'm very quickly dead meat because yeah. of somehow like the way I, I play games sure. and the persona I adopt, you know, uh, which is also what happens on this TV show because they're reality shows. Which is interesting because I was watching this, uh, watching the show, and I was going like I was watching the two women from uh, Big Be- Breath. Oh. Beverly Hills, you know, like uh, Real Housewives. Oh, you mean Brandy? And, well, Kate it, is actually not from uh, Real Housewives, but she's on Below Deck. But they're both from Bravo. Yeah, and I was going like, oh. Ben play Avalon like these two are playing this game? You know what? I want you to keep watching <laughs> uh-huh. because Kate Kate is the breakout star of, of okay. the Traders. And I think I play like Kate. Okay, great, great. Because I think you will see. Because you know how like sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Uh-huh. Fuck sure, your sure, meta sure, sure, or whatever. Sure. Like, not, not sometimes, always. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Watch. You're going to love You're gonna love Kate's gameplay. Okay, great. You're going to love it, but you're also going to be cringing yeah, at no, it. You it know? it's, but what's, it's inter- I guess you know what's also interesting is that we're watching people play this game and they have no meta. They have not developed exactly. any meta. Whereas Game Brain, there's mm-hmm. an established meta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm always trying to, like break out of the meta or change mm-hmm. it or affect it. But there are certain things that are, I think are like worthwhile in a social deduction game. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I think one of the most important things you can do is take a moment and say, Hey, uh, I really believe this one thing, but let me entertain an alternate theory sure, 100%. because like a lot of, it's so easy to get into that tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. It's, it's human nature. And once you're in that tunnel vision, when people start speaking logic to you, you filter out the logic. Exactly. You only take the things that support your thesis. Yeah, no. And you watch this happen on the traders over and over again. There's a guy named Quentin and who oh, the political analyst, the political analyst. This guy is literally wrong on every single 
vote that he is there for. He is, it's like watching him being wrong. You're like frustrated, but you're also deeply amused because he is not taking, he never thinks for a moment, like, what if I'm wrong? Sure. hundred percent. You know, like what if everything I've, I've, I believed in was built off of a singular assumption that was a lie or, or a mistake. Or a mistake. Yeah. No, I, this, this happens all the time. Like when I teach Avalon to people and I'm always like, what's that short story called? The lottery? Yeah. You know, how, how, you know, you pull the, here's, Shirley Jackson. The, the, here's this number. Oh, here's this person's name. Well, we're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and so and it's just the, the cool... Uh, like mechanism of just like oh well now you have to die we have to stone you like you know yeah. just, just that that kind of thought process uh, it's so quick on how people just turn on other people because of you know the, the fear or whatever it, it's it's amazing and and the uh, there's a rivalry that happens mm-hmm. in the traders it's weird because I don't feel like I'm giving spoilers I'm not giving like I'm not saying who goes home mm-hmm. uh, but at one point there there's there are two people who are really Accusing each other of both being traitors, and both of them are actually, mm-hmm. you know, the faithful as they're called. They're fine. And they're going after each other for a long time on the show. And no one ever stops to think, hey, they're always like, I think it's, they're always choosing which side they're mm-hmm. on. Like, are you on that person's side or this person's side? And no one ever says, wait a second, maybe these two people are being pitted against each other mm-hmm. as a distraction. No one ever thinks that, not once. And it's like, it's amazing to watch. And it's also like, it makes you kind of be like, ooh, I kind of wish one of us could get on that show and see how like they apply like game brain, yeah, yeah. Avalon skills. And I guarantee that person would be kicked off immediately. Yeah, but, or near immediately. That's right. No, seriously. Like, you know, like, uh, well, what it is that I, I find is that everyone trusts their gut. Yes. Everyone tr- but like, you know, if your gut were perfect, you'd be a billionaire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, this show is a perfect example why you should never trust your gut. So, like, solely. Like, it's okay to make flash judgments. Yeah, 100%. Because flash judgments are often mm-hmm. surprisingly accurate. But, like, sometimes, in terms of, I think, when you really have to think about things, mm-hmm. your gut, like, think about some other options. And I, like, this is what I do. Like, you know, if you put fear into the equation, like, you know, like, oh, am I going to get voted off? Someone's going to get me. Your gut actually doesn't work very well. Because mm-hmm. now you're, you're depending on how fear motivated you are or fear uh, focused you are, like you know, it really just makes it really makes it a hard thing. Like in our in our meta, for example, one of the things that is hard for me is like, oh, here are some people who I really like, uh, would like them to be the bad guy, so that I know that they're the bad guy, or like you know, I'm scared of these people of, uh, for being you know the traitor, so I'm inclined to look at them right. as the bad guy. So you know, it's it's just all. You know, fear, is, is, you have to really detach in a way that is not a normal set of skills that people do. It requires just also a really sophisticated level of self-awareness of where you stand in a group. Because um, on this show, people get into trouble because they don't celebrate enough when when a bad guy is found. Or sure, they sure. don't, they're not sad enough mm-hmm. when a good guy sure, is, sure, sure. is no. dropped. And like, and those are things that just like seal their fate. And I actually feel, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, oh man, if Paul or Tom were on this show, they would just like be puppet masters. But then I think, no, they wouldn't be. I I would not, I would not. Because, yeah, because the thing is that you guys are used to playing in the vacuum of the game brand meta. And I feel like immediately people would start 
saying you guys are too smart. I assess they're they're up to something. Like, like I would have to make a radical change in my gameplay to survive. And I I don't think I, I don't you, think I you would have to like actually not even really begin playing uh for like one or two you would have to spend a, like a few nights just kind of observing people and, and calibrating mm-hmm. what sort of how social you can be like yeah. your your social level like how much you can show but one thing you taught me that i don't always use but i think would work really really well is that you noted that like a more effective way in these games to shift suspicion or to get your point across is not to make an accusation but to say my fear is you know the following <laughs> and somehow by saying like i accuse you of like you're a traitor mm-hmm. that just brings blowback onto Starts you and then you get dragged into because it because you're you're drawing a line but when you say like my fear is that we may be thinking too hard about one person and there's another person to play you know like that oh, yeah, vibe no, 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 yeah I, I i get it I, you know it's it's learned. <laughs> I just wanted people on this show to want to say that. That's all. I hope you keep watching. Are you going to keep no, watching it? Of course. It's 10 episodes. I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm a fifth way through. I like, I need an update after every single episode okay. you watch. Very, very good. Very good. And the, I'm, I have to tell you something. The finale. Mm-hmm, like, ooh. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> like, I like that is that was some reality TV gold oh, there. Beautiful. Like that was like, this is this is what can happen when you merge reality TV with board game culture. Yeah, I no. feel like the, it was, it Excellent. was a plus a like truly a plus. So everyone, I recommend that. So now let's talk about some actual real game games. Sure, sure. Pause or anything recently you played that you've um, really. Well, when I was in Nashville, uh, like my friend, he'd been playing like chess online, like, you know, an app, you know, like with other people for a year. Uh, and he asked me that a year ago, like, do I play chess? I go, yeah, I do. Like, you know, I'm what is called a uh, good, bad player. Like, th- that's how I describe it, you know. And he goes, like, what does that mean? And he goes, well, there are bad players, you know, who don't know how to play the game. And there's Magnus Carlsen, you know, who is, you know. Uh, and then in the middle, there are good, bad players and bad, good players. And t- from the bottom... Magnus Carlsen and good bad players and bad good players, they look the same, you know, because, mm-hmm. and from the top, from Magnus Carlsen, you know, people who can't play, people who are good bad and bad good, they are, are also looking the same. They, they're, they're all trash. Mm-hmm. But betw- the gap between a bad good player and a good bad player is vast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, from, from those two perspectives, like, you're like, oh, this person is a lot better than me. And I am like, 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 at the top of the bad level. Okay. But for my friend who has never played chess and is kind of like unwilling to learn any like gambits or, or do any, any scholarly research of any yeah. sort, you know, of course I'm going to destroy him. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just not, it's not even a thing. Yeah. So a year later, so we're here, he goes, and he goes, and he goes, okay, fine. Uh, go ahead and beat me. And, and, and so we, we play and I crush him. Mm-hmm. But, and then he goes, he was not ready for how soundly he was going to be defeated. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm, I, 
can't hold back because then he's gonna get pissed. Mm-hmm. So the best I can do is I could play fast while he thinks, like you know. So, so uh, but that even pisses him off more <laughs> because yeah. I'm I'm hardly giving him full CPU power, and I'm and I'm and I'm winning just because of concepts that he is unwilling to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and so then, so basically, we played about nine games. I, I went in Target, bought him a chest. nine games. Yeah, like, I, I, over a course of four days, and then okay. I, I, I went to Target and bought him a chess set. And then this is the first time he's playing in like three dimensions, and it and it's worse for him somehow because <laughs> because you know now he can't see the board as well. But it was just interesting. Uh, it, it got me thinking about how how you know like how we deal as a, ga- a culture, like game culture, with about competition. Like what is yeah. fair? Like you know there are some uh, apps that will give you like they will set up a, a asymmetric board to a handicap board basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I played a lot of chess, I guess, you know. Um, I mean, it's interesting because did that, did your trouncing of him, was that like a tough love in the sense that like he then felt inspired to say, you know what, I want to be more competitive with Paul. I'm going to go back and I'm going to study. I want to learn. Or is it more just like, wow, Paul's really good and I really suck? This is where I don't know. Like his mom uh, for Christmas gave him like uh, a chess book and like some DVDs. He no longer has a DVD player, so that's hilarious. But like, you know, as far as how to play, he he hit, you know, line to say, I'm not going to read this. I'm not going to like, but, but I do wonder, like, you know, being beaten by a human, beaten by, by a friend and, if if there's something in him that goes like I can't let that be, right? And and then if you can't let that be, then do you have to go beyond what you can just figure out on your own? Mm-hmm. Like you know, because like there there are lifetimes of hours spent studying chess, and like you know, and Magnus Carlsen, for example, is uh, the beneficiary of, of of a lot of that you know that lifetime of chess that scholars he's you know from the age of what. Eight, he started. I'm assuming he's like our top. Is he the one who's currently suing the other guy because there's like a chess scandal happening that right is now? Chess scandal, Something that's being like, hidden up a butt. The, the guy, he, he's being sued, but yes, but oh, but anyway, he, you know, he's uh, and so to go in and play a game that has like you know thousands of lifetimes worth of like hours in it, and you go like, I'm going to figure this out. It's a little arrogant. Well, but it's not like I'm going to figure this out, but it's more like. I want to play chess with Paul, mm-hmm. but but Paul Paul always destroys me, and then I kind of feel he's going he does it so quickly, and then I'm going slowly because I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I just was curious if his instinct is to say, "Well, that's just our dynamic," or no, like, "No, I kind of want to like change this up. I want to like, change how like, this is and learn some tips or or, or, or like, try to understand this." I think if he's going to he's going to do one two things. He's either going to study. He, three things: study, don't play with me anymore, or quit. Right. <laughs> well, how was the, how was the experience for you? You know, as like it, being I'm, in that situation. I'm always I'm always trying to learn. You know, even when I'm I'm you know. So when I'm playing chess with him, I'm going, oh, by how you're moving, I can see your thought process. Hence, I I'm learning something about you. Right. And and that's always interesting to me. Like I, I'm I'm very. Uh, curious about people as opposed to a curious about people so Mm -hmm. like everything one does like informs me of something about you whether it's like trivial or expansive so you know so it's it's easy for me to play with him you know and and there are times when he goes oh you've made me decide have to make a decision as opposed to a choice you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to just me uh just rolling over you and and you know so that's good i i'm actually enjoying it that's good 
but I don't know if he is enjoying it. Well, that's going to be on him. I mean, if he's yeah. the one, if he's the one asking you to play and is asking for rematches, yeah. he must be enjoying it on some level. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, and sometimes, like in in moments like that, like you become the boss fight in a video mm-hmm. game, hundred percent, right? 100%. You know, and I think Alfred once spoke on this podcast. Um, maybe, maybe it was a discussion about powers that were imbalanced. I forget which episode mm-hmm. it was, but they made a really strong point about how, um, you know, the, the imbalance may made whatever situation they were talking about feel like a boss fight. Mm-hmm. And when you can finally, you know, you know, persevere or 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 do better at it or whatever you know there's actually a huge like there's so much gratification in that too you know uh yeah you know i i I think uh i think that is a uh you know a uh a true thing like like it's framing right it's all framing like however you look at your what you call it the uh the situation you could you could see things as like you know Oh, the asymmetry is unfair. You can see it as like, oh, the asymmetry is a challenge. You yeah, know, it's 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 you know so much of longevity of playing board games in, in life mm-hmm. is just about how you frame stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, I mean, sometimes things just feel unfair, mm-hmm. and sometimes things are just a challenge. Like I always think it's interesting when. Uh, people buy co-op games mm-hmm. and then they complain that they're too hard. And in my mind, I say, well, that's the point. You should only be winning a co-op mm-hmm. game once every blue moon. I, I, I guess that's, you know, that's just the thing about like, you know, what is our, not you and me, but like societally, our relationship with winning, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like what, what, what are you, are you expected to get to win if you do all the right things or like I I don't know it's it's a really it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I mean, listen, I'm not a sociologist, uh, but I do think, especially in American society, where we have been, we're all around. I you know talk of the American dream mm-hmm. of of what's the the bootstrap yeah, bootstrap yeah. theory? Like you just pick yourself up, you mm-hmm. just do it, you make it happen. Mm-hmm. Everything's about like you know about you know if you work hard. You know, if you work hard, you're going to succeed. And so I wonder how much of that seeps into the way we approach board games, because the board game hobby is riddled with discussions about Mm -hmm. balance and fairness. And the truth is that there's no balance or fairness in life anywhere. And that's I always have this this sort of glib theory Mm -hmm. that board gamers, if you're like board gamers should not actually be racist. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying that they aren't. I'm saying that like you hear you that know, you shouldn't be racist gamer. <laughs> no, because the truth is that in society, mm-hmm. um, people from different groups have different have different sure. odds stacked against mm-hmm. them. And so, for board gamers who obsess over every like asymmetric p- factions, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that have to be perfectly balanced, that implies that they should understand the value of um, of having you know. They they understand they should understand why having odds stacked against you is is difficult and mm-hmm. why why that's you know that's not always a productive thing in society. So that's like my my glib thing that like people who I feel like I'm going to be massively misinterpreted on this point. <laughs> by the way, I can already sense it. Yeah. I'm not saying that board gamers are not racist. That is the hundred percent of what I'm yeah. saying. I'm saying that like in life we all have asymmetric starts. A sure, lot of sure. people do, mm-hmm. and so if you're like people who obsess about it in board games should un- understand that that 
aspect mm-hmm. and should see it in in life in general no it's this is i guess this is aspect that i find that people people have blind spots right about mm-hmm. you know uh you could you could insist on like you know uh uh what do you call it uh perfect fair start symmetry in a board game and in life you can you can be so like you know so gifted with privilege and right i guess that's what i'm getting at the idea of privilege i shouldn't really be talking about uh, i shouldn't really be couching it with uh, with phrases like racism Mm -hmm. but like with privilege when people Mm -hmm. don't understand privilege in life and yet are deeply attuned to privilege in board games in terms of like one power has is is when people talk about oh that's op that's op like i don't understand how people can talk about in board games how things are op and then they can go out into like regular life and and be like, "What are you talking about, privilege? What are you talking about, this privilege?" And act like it doesn't exist in regular life. Sure, no, uh, you know that's probably a better articulate way for me to say it. Than, <laughs> again, I'm just I'm not saying ra- I'm not saying board gamers are not racist. No. That's <laughs> everyone has a chance to be that. But, you know, like, I think as Americans, like you know, we all have this. We're all indoctrinated into this competitive. Uh, uh, seed in us like you know uh i was having dinner with matt and his wife rachel uh, my wife our double date and and rachel was saying how competitive she was when she plays board games she doesn't play board games necessarily but when she does she she wants to win Mm -hmm. and i i i outbe my my wife and i was like oh yeah she's the same way you know at first she starts polite but like if she's playing with me I'll let her get close to winning. Yeah, and then and then the, the shark eyes come out, and like you know, you could you could hear the saliva building in her mouth. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. Okay. <laughs> and, and like you know, and, and I go there. That's <laughs> there you. I know you that, always have the shark you. eyes. You, you and me, we're the same. Except I don't care about winning, so you are worse than me. <laughs> it's funny though, like questions about fairness in board games. I mean, I think that like you know, ideally, you want everyone to have a. A fair start, mm-hmm. I guess you know, and you know that's why we have various regulations in sports, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But also, like you know, sports are not games, but you know, they're different than board games. But when you're playing competitive sports, you want to talk about an asymmetric start. I mean, you have a number one ranked team going up against the last in the league. The one, the last one in the league, you know, chances are it's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. You know, those players don't come into those games saying this isn't fair because we're going up against like an OP team. They just say, well, I guess this is our challenge for today and let's see if we can do it. You oh, know? Yeah, like, Moneyball was all about that, right? Mm-hmm. Where here are some, some teams have like the rich teams, there's a pile of shit and below that there's us, you know? Like, yeah. you know and so it, it's like, I remember watching a documentary on weightlifting and it, they talked about steroid use because, um, and this will go into games, uh, yeah. Uh, and how you know, he, like his brother was competing, and his brother's taking steroids, and that's bad. And they they bring like Arnold Schwarzenegger up as far as like here's this person who's gotten so much from like you know from his discipline, his physique, and steroids. <laughs> yeah. And then and then after you you reach a high enough level, you're like. Okay, you cheated. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like, it, like I do feel like there's a fascination with winning, and like for a while, you're you're okay with like going like, oh, well, that person cheated, but but then they become a symbol. 
maybe or something yeah. like and then it's okay that they cheated well it's kind of funny also to th- when you just bring up steroids because we will be reviewing steroids the board game that's no. right that's right <laughs> no um it is funny that you bring that up because if you think about it it's like okay you know no performance enhancing drugs in mm-hmm. sports which makes sense to me i'm not i'm sure. definitely never going to endorse steroids but it's like we absolutely you cannot have steroids because we need to have a fair like this has to be a fair start between a team that has people of different bodies and muscles versus a team with other bodies and muscles. It's sort of like, if you think about it, I mean, it's not like these are all robots or like crash test dummies, the exact same people. They all are, there's going to be someone who is just going to be genetically stronger, you know? And so I guess it's about just eliminating um, unfair advantages that are I think you just want to compress, right? You, You want to compress everything. So it's in the range of fair enough. You know, like fair enough is actually what people because like, you know, life itself is like we we play board games because, you know, life is random and chaotic and less fair than most board games. And so when we play, we go like, oh, here's fair enough. We get to compete, you know, in a way that like now it's not about, you know, whether like, you know, you were born with these gifts or these disadvantages is just about my brain versus your brain and maybe a little bit of dice. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's just funny because like, you know, uh, someone playing the Lakers or the Lakers mm-hmm. are not having a good season, but let's pretend it's a championship mm-hmm. season for the Lakers. Someone's not, you know, if a team loses the Lakers, not gonna say, well, that wasn't fair. They had LeBron, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, with board gaming, I feel like we often oh, go sure. down this path of like, well, that's not fair because th- this this game OP. wasn't balanced. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> this we, game we, wasn't balanced, or the the your power was like OP. Sure. You or, know, or like this, I, and, and like we we actively trim things like that we feel like are OP. Like you know, like like in viticulture, for example, like you know, nah, this card's OP. Like you know that. Uh, and it's like, what is it about? Is it is that because it's an unfair comparison to compare sports to board games, or is there something about board game culture or board gamers that's different than athletes and ath or and sports culture i think if, if i were to, to dive deep i'll say there's a prevalent narrative like in sports where you go like oh here are people who uh are good at the, the things they do and the things that they do are run and shoot a ball or throw a ball whatever these things and if they are excellent at that then that's fine you know then they should win and anything other than that like you know creates this uh ever expanding unstable uh what's the word i want to use like system where it will collapse like you know because if everyone if, if imagine if like steroids were legal mm-hmm. in in like say the olympics then everyone would have to take steroids right yeah and then eventually well if i'm going to get into into the olympics or even have a chance i need it so everyone not just olympians take steroids everyone starts taking steroids and then the, and then like you know we have a bunch of buff really hot people in the no world hair. done we did it we solved it and steroids it is i'm like hello this this has been brought to you to you all by the steroid lobby that's right we're, we're, we're hitting all the all the hot we're, points on this we're, one we're racism steroids yeah, right. everything but, but but you know but in the end like the it can by banning steroids, you compress, you know, the, what you call it, uh, the, the range. And therefore you have a society that you can, or this aspect of society that you can deal with. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like talk about like, like you ever see the movie Gattaca? Yeah. And you know, that is a, a real true thing that 
our society will have to deal with. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, yeah. somewhere out there, there's some genetically uh, with, with with a CRISPR and stuff. Like, why wouldn't you? Like, you know, if you had a, a billion dollars, like, and you want a kid who was a little smarter, like, you know, mm-hmm. or like there was this man who has this genetic mutation where his body doesn't produce lactic acid in the same way. And so what happens is he can run forever. Imagine you get his DNA and you just splice it into your kid. Now your kid can run forever. Like, yeah. like, like, hello, winner, ultra marathon or whatever. Like, or why wouldn't you just want that for your kid? You know, like, right. all, like, and I guarantee you, like, some kid has it right now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because, because CRISPR has made it so easy to, you know, uh, to what you call it, to, uh, to edit with precision. So, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, sometimes I do feel like in board gaming, we fixate so much on what's fair that we don't focus on all the other aspects of the board game. Because to focus on what's fair also means that winning is the number one priority and everything else is is, is secondary, tertiary, ancillary. You say it and and it's interesting thing because like I hear it and I go like, yeah. I think what we forget oftentimes, because winning is so electrifying, is that actually what you really want in when we play board games is to have fun. Yeah. Fun is first. Winning is second. Like, you know, like if you have if you have that in your in your like brain, you're you're gonna be fine. But the problem is if winning equals fun. Exactly. Exactly. That's where it could, because obviously winning does not equal winning equals gratification mm-hmm. for me, maybe sure, unless sure. like people are like mm-hmm. weeping at the end and like friendships have been burned in the process that we are different that way. That, 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 that's <laughs> that, is, the, that is the victory that, condition right. for you. So like, I get that, you know, um, we all have different standards of what's fair. We all mm-hmm. have different standards of what's fun and, you know, winning, et cetera. I mean, cause obviously I like to win, Yeah, everyone likes to win, but it's not the, uh, and we play these games cause you play to win, mm-hmm. 100%. right? You want to play to win. But I feel like there is value and also just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there are crossroads where it's about winning versus versus fun. Mm-hmm. And I think in those crossroads, I'm always going to say, well, this might cost me the game. This might cost me the game or this may set me mm-hmm. back. Sure. But I would rather I choose this moment to have fun and to make sure everyone else has fun. You mm-hmm. know, 100%. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. it's, it's hard because like winning oftentimes feel good. Like it you know, does feel good and, and you're wired for it because I remember I was playing, you know, the 10 year old who's do, I, she was four and we played checkers Yeah, and you know, like a jerk, I won. <laughs> and, 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 and so she gets so upset. She runs to her room, hides in the covers and like, I'm going like, is that is everything okay? He goes, yeah, it's fine. And then about three minutes later, she comes out and she goes, don't do that again. <laughs> well, or like there's sometimes I'll be playing a game uh-huh. and um, there's like an ambiguity mm-hmm. sure. over like what this rule is or how it can affect me. It could change a whole bunch of things. And I'll give myself some time to figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I'll, we'll, we'll consult mm-hmm. the rule book. I think that's fair. Go on to BGG. But like, if I can't figure it out, take the disadvantage. Just it's either take the disadvantage, make a choice, or or usually just take the disadvantage. Yeah. Even though in the back of my mind I think this could not have been the way it was designed. Sure. 
but like there's no I don't have any proof otherwise. Yeah. And so I'll just like take the, you know, and I just end. You lean for fun. Yeah. And those, those moments can be frustrating. They can be, well, in the the back of my mind, I think, okay, this game has too many ambiguities and I probably will not come back to it or maybe won't have any issue. Uh, It's annoying when that happens for sure. But um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's a tricky balance. And there are other things too. Like I, I, for example, there are many times where like, you know, I'm playing a game with someone new and they leave an opening or, you know, like, let, let's say we're playing a game that we're equals, mm-hmm. you know, you leave an opening. I do something incredibly awesome. I'm taking it. Yeah. But like, if I'm going to do something to you when you are not at my level, that is like sophisticated game breaking as far as your, your game is over, but it's such a good move. Yeah. Do you take it or do you go or you do not take it? See that that, that that that's well, that's, like you know, when we were playing Food Chain Magnet uh-huh. recently with Stacy and Judy, they were relatively new to it, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're very good adept players, mm-hmm. but they didn't really you know they didn't really know what they were getting sure. into in the sense of like they didn't understand the full First ramifications. Game. And I felt like both of us were like we would rather them have a really fun experience you know, than for us necessarily to win, even though we never finished that game. Mm-hmm. And we definitely still set ourselves up for a good path, mm-hmm. but I definitely felt like in a non condescending or patronizing way, we, we kind of pulled some punches because we would rather them feel like they were part of it mm-hmm. and come back and then play at a slightly higher level. And then we can all sort of like level up together and they get more and more into it, more comfortable and start to see the ramifications. Right. So would you say as a host of the game, the host of the game being the person who knows the game a little better than everyone else and who is teaching and, you know, is it your responsibility to, uh, to foster the growth and funness of the game, even at the expense of your success? Um, it's not your responsibility, but it sure as hell is a smart thing to do. It's, it's, it's like, it's like if you're, if you are, if you're someone with social awareness, mm-hmm. then yes, a hundred percent, you should be, you should be creating an environment that makes people feel comfortable and, and makes people want to, um, want to explore deeper and not make you don't want to make someone feel like shit because they, they, they did, they, mm-hmm. they, they, pulled a lever that was extremely detrimental to them. They didn't realize sure, you sure. kind of want to like, like, Hey, just so you know, if you do that move, I want to warn you, this could happen. Sure. Um, Jordan is really good with that. Mm-hmm. I want to say a shout out to Jordan friend of the podcast. He's really good about checking in on vibe. Mm-hmm. He always checks in, make sure everyone's okay. Like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. he's really, and like, I think that's like really admirable when, when people do that because you don't want to just, um, you don't want to just sort of say, these are all the rules. Now let's start playing. Well, technically I told you, told you that could happen. And you fell into that trap and now you've learned the hard way, but now you're ready to go. It's like the, the tough love method. Yeah, no, it's tough. Like, you know, uh, my friend, when we're playing chess, he's a person who would prefer that tough love. So I have no problem beating him to a pulp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to ask now how coming back to this no. because you did, because you did but, beat him but, to a pulp. But the, but to your, to your point, you have to be socially aware of what your, what your group, you know, was willing to bear. Like, you know, like, like I, if I had, if I had geared down, like I can't, I couldn't even say, dude, that's a bad move. Yeah. And, and I couldn't even say, do you want to take that back? Because that would, that would imply for him the sense of like, oh, I'm not good enough to, uh, to make a choice on my own. Mm-hmm. And the answer is like, not if you want to win. Yeah. But- <laughs> 
I think it's I think it's tricky because also as the host of a game, you don't want to be one of those hosts that's always giving unsolicited advice. Exactly. Like you I, don't want to be one of those. You don't especially you don't want to be a mansplainer I if like, you are I, a male. I, I, I fall you know? into that. Um, but I do think there are definitely times when I play. I feel like I'm trying to remember what game it was. I played recent. I was playing 18, 1822 MX. Mm-hmm. And there was someone at the table just not as experienced. She knows she knows how to play, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's playing, but she just was not as fully aware of all the implications. And um, at different times, the other mm-hmm. other ones of us at the table would sort of you could see we all kind of had to like we had to sort of like swallow a pill because it was gonna be detrimental to us. Be like, you know, I you know, I don't want to tell you this because it would really work to my advantage, but you probably should build there. Or if you build there, this could happen. If you do this, this mm-hmm. could happen. And like, it's like knowing because I just could see if I don't tell her this, she's screwed. Mm-hmm. She's screwed. No, and like, and it's yes, to like, my disadvantage. And like, yes, I understand. Like, she's not asking for this advice, but I think she's going to, in this case, I'm not telling her how to play the game. I'm just saying, hey, keep an eye out for this situation. No, no, it's it, it's like that time in uh, what the Canada one, 18 Canada. I definitely did not do that to you. No, no, you, you, know, you did not. You, you're like, oh, uh, just so you know, there's a pit with spikes. Nah, I'm gonna keep that to myself. And actually, I mean, that's a good lesson because for you or for me. <laughs> well, for me, no, it was a good lesson for me because you had actually such a, a feel bad experience uh-huh. from that sure. that I'm, it may have almost scared you away from the 18xx in general. And I thought, in my mind, the reason why I didn't tell you mm-hmm. or anything was because I thought you were going to appreciate the trickery of that moment and the fact that I was I pulled this crazy move. I also, in my mind, thought you were like. If I didn't do this, like you were gonna do X, Y, and Z, like I, like I was sort of, you know, I was playing against you and James. You're the you're the wedge. you're the wedge. James is the microchip. I'm the lowly stick. Just, just a stick. I was like, they're already steps ahead of me, so I gotta stick pull game. this move. Yeah. But really, you weren't, and you know, that was a moment where it was the first time you played it, and you were still relatively new to playing 18xx. I should have been like, hey. uh... I should not have taken advantage of you in that way. Like, I, I'm, even though I'm, it made for a great story and a very happy you know, moment I, like, for me. In, in retrospect, I'm glad that you did because 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 how many times has uh, has someone stopped you from uh, making a mistake? And now you don't have a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, we'll always remember that. Like, that like, like, like the, 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 the I'm gonna tell you right now, like in your game group. You may think that like oh the wins are what you're gonna remember, it's not. It's, it's the not. Meltdowns. It's the meltdowns. <laughs> it is a hundred percent the meltdown. And you're gonna smile. You're gonna smile about the meltdowns because remember when oh yeah oh, yeah like that's like I, I look back at Canada I go like I don't even remember what exactly happened. I just remember how nuts. I think the vague the vague recollection. I mean I'm still kind of proud of this moment because as the stick I manipulated I manipulated the wedge and the microchip yeah. against each other. James was having some sort of issue with his trains were about to rust. And I said, Oh, you know, you can like buy one off of Paul or something like that. So mm-hmm. he buys one off of you. And then I think what happened was that then maybe you bought another train. Something happened where by the act of him buying that off of you, it affected the train queue in such a way that I was able to buy a train and like rust both of you guys or rust you to oblivion. Or there was that it was just like a, it was the biggest dick move I could have made. No, no, no. And it was, it was a dick move. And, and, and this is where I go like, Oh. I know something about Ben. You know. I know. You now, learned something the, about me. Uh, this, this is why I play games, uh, just to learn things about people. Well, so, I mean, yeah. So, 
Fairness, huh? Fairness of, <laughs> fairness of winning, that's right. Fairness of winning. Uh, well, there, that was mm-hmm. nice little... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, discussion segment out of nowhere, yeah, right yeah, in the no, middle this, of that. Well, this is what the, the, the format is, right? We just, that is. We're we just vamping. Well, you know, um, let's talk about some other games that we played recently. Sure. Uh, I guess, speaking of fairness, etc., maybe would this be a good time to talk about Vast, the Mysterious Manor? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, uh, uh, the, the game that you were like, I don't want to play this. And then you're like, oh, that was cool. That was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why I segue from the fairness is that vast, the mysterious manner, which is designed by Patrick leader, um, is a game where everyone is a different fact. Like it's like a a manner and there's, there's all sorts of things going on in this manner and everyone's a different aspect. So you, Paul were, you were a knight. Jordan was like skeletons Mm -hmm. David Gillison, friend of the podcast, what? was a spider. spider. Yeah. A spider that could turn into a lady, but can also turn into little spiders. Mm-hmm. And I was the manor itself. Mm-hmm. And we all have asymmetric powers, but we all interact with each other. And it definitely could be a recipe for plenty of unfairness. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like the second version, right? There used to be a cave one. Yes. Yeah, so the original is called um, The Crystal. Well, let's see. I can look it up right now. It's called, it was the original one's called The Crystal Caverns. Which I played once mm-hmm. and I detested. Detested. It was actually like it's like there's certain games that I think of that I have like really mm-hmm. miserable experiences with. That was one of them. And so when Jordan proposed that we play it, I was really biting my tongue. He brought it. I proposed it. Oh, he. Did. Oh, well, you. I didn't realize you. I forgot that you proposed it. But he brought it and he was really excited about yeah, he it. He was really excited about it. And we were kind of in a vibe of let's play games that we don't get to the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot be the person. Yeah. That like just is the I can't be the grumpy grump the grumpy grump <laughs> I can't be the grumpy grump Jordan like this is a game that Jordan was really yeah, into he right. never gets the table came to your home like yeah you know. I'm like I can't I can't be this person you know even though I had a really shitty time playing the original vast yeah. I have to have an open mind that was years and you, ago and you did I did and you, and you know what I won I was a wonderful manner I had a great time yeah no I think that's I don't know if I, I can think of a, any other single game. That went from swing. Like, that a swing from detest uh-huh. to having a lovely fun time. Yeah, no, like I, I, I remember the the cavern game. I was like, I really want this to be amazing because I'm always looking for like strong asymmetric uh, openings and and actually win conditions. But like you know, but root you know is that right? Root mm-hmm. root is uh, and although I know root is beloved, it for me like I, I kind of felt like there are certain factions that. You're just doing different things, and like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like so, uh, and and when that happened, like I, I didn't track people, you know, I only tracked the people who were right in front of me, and then like I remember this one game where David Gilson was playing the hero, the raccoon, the hero, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know I'm doing my my bird thing, and all of a sudden, and I win. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, that's wholly unrewarding, you know. Yeah. And so like having asymmetric uh, win conditions was kind of like off my table for a little bit where I go like, Oh, I, 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 don't, I like atomistic starts, but wind conditions seem a little like a little unfocused. It's fragile. It can be fragile. And then when we played this game, I was like, Oh, you know, this is working out really well because like the, the asymmetries were in collision with each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had your, your goals. I had my goals. David has goals. Uh, Jordan has goals, and, but they, but they were, we had to fight for them. Um, amongst ourselves 
Yeah. So that 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 struggle, we were. It basically comes down to interactivity. I also think that when you have like a highly asymmetric game like this, um, you know, a lot of times the selling point is the fact that we're all doing different things, but we overlap. But the things that you're doing have to be interesting. Yeah. Like you can't. It's just. It's not enough that like how cool is it that we're we're interacting this strange ecosystem? Like we have to actually what you're doing has to be neat. And I remember in the original Vast, I did not find it to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I felt it was very dull. Yeah. But um, but this one I really enjoyed. There was it was actually perfect as playing the manor because as the manor, uh, I was concerned with making very specific um, layouts. Mm-hmm. And it really worked well with my brain. Sure. Um, I think I might be a little bit better at tile laying than I realized. Uh, not saying that. That sounds so cocky. Guys. They're good tile. They're good, bad tile layers. They're bad, good tile layers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like it was fair that you got to play against me, a very good tile player? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it just... It, I just had a really fun time. Like, I don't think it's a game I would buy because it's still not ultimately... Mm-hmm. Sure. ...totally up my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But um, I was so glad that um that you'd be surprised yeah it was really nice it was also nice to know that i could change my opinion on a game in a positive way yeah no i i I, like usually for me that takes a lot of like the the one that i always talk about is age of steam you Mm -hmm. know i just i just like oh i don't want to play this game but tom and trey and dimitri not not dimitri so much but like like oh it's so good blah blah blah. i go i don't think so i don't think and i'm still i'm staying waiting for Lahav to do that because like i'm Lahav so bad is, Lahav. Yeah. I'm, yeah i'm i'm terrible at Lahav. And, and and like you know this is like years like we're, we're going on to decade now like decade two of like yeah. going like oh you should really be a little better at Lahav. <laughs> <laughs> i have i have the Lahav app but what's annoying is that the Lahav app um has like this like uh like tips mm-hmm Belly that are like you should do this. You should. It's like a mansplaining. No, it's app explaining. <laughs> it's app explaining. It's like right. you should do this, and then you like turn it off. But like you don't. It's just too easy to to turn on or something. I forget what my issue was, but like I felt like I wasn't able to play because I felt like the app was always giving me a suggestion, and I resented that, and I felt like I wasn't able to grow with it. And the game is stressful as hell, Lahav, and yeah, no. and it's hard, and I'm terrible at it, and I just have a very fractured relationship with it. But um, uh, in terms of games, you know, we are, you and I, Paul, are currently two people that are not up on Weather Machine, and we're getting a lot of a lot of heat, blowback. maybe more a lot of blowback, mainly yeah. me because uh, I've been most vocal about yeah, it. You have. We're getting, a, <laughs> we're getting a lot of you know, like it's a good game, mm-hmm. it's a good game. I don't know. Hey, it was number one here, number one. We're getting a lot from a lot of people, mm-hmm. and um, it's like I intellectually I say I want to give it another shot yeah. because everyone likes it, but honestly, emotionally, I have no interest. Like, like- for for me, I I would go I, if it, if if I were were s- stuck to play it or I, I'm playing with the right group, I play it. Like you know, I would never choose it. Yeah, you know, and I'm gonna play it again. 100%. I want to make it clear, and I, I'm and this is like a message to all our friends. No, no, you're you're you're, you're saying a message to the universe. I'm, well, no, this is a message to our friends who are listening and saying like, well, he keeps saying that he's gonna play it, but does he really want to play it? No, I do want to play it. I do want to play it again, but I'm just saying it's like, oh my goodness, like that's. It's like the idea of like sitting down to play it though. It's like this big Lacerda game well, that was met to me. Well, who would you play with? Who do you? Th- I play with you because we had. Yeah, sure. Okay. We we were we were brothers in arms in that sure, first sure. play. Who were the next two people in our group? Did I, you did you want to play it with? 
Um, that, that, that might have a chance of getting you to turn your change your mind. Well, uh, I would say a combination of two of the three big proponents, mm-hmm. which would be Matt Jordan and Elder. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, I sure. think I think that those would be those would be really great players to play with because they know the game mm-hmm. and they love it. Um, and they're also really fun at the table. They 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 banter and and they're they they can so you know sometimes the game. Although we had a very fun when we played it, we had a good table vibe. It was Chris and Larry. There was banter, etc. There were good people to play with. Mm-hmm. To be honest, sure. Um, who would you play with? Uh, the first person that I would play with, where I go like, oh, uh, is Candace. Oh yeah, Candace, of course. <laughs> Yeah, Candace, yeah, Candace, obviously. Yeah. I, the second person, like, you know, uh, because Jordan and Candace have a very similar vibe to me in, in, a, in their enthusiasm, uh, I, I, if I have Candace, I don't need Jordan. So oh, the, snap. Oh, sorry. No, no, but, but, you know, uh, you're saying just for variety, for vibe variety. For, if, if the game is going to flip for me, I'm going to need Candace because I, I need someone there to be like, this is so great. This is so great. Or, and, and if Candace isn't there, Jordan will will be the, exactly. the sub, the sub or vice like versa. Yeah. Uh, but the but the uh, but the fourth person, Trey. 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 That's right. Because like Trey, uh, I feel would if he can see the combo ness of it, you know, or how it, it will it'll go. Like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. Like I like Trey is really good at coin riff for whatever reason. Like. To me, he is like you know. Maybe because he's a very good game player. Yeah, like you know, like uh, it, it's like actually Trey is a really good. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, and so I find myself enjoying Coinbra more when I play with Trey mm-hmm. because you know, like uh, because the way I can see his thought process, and I'm afraid that like uh, Weather Machine, like I'm just missing the correct thought process. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, yeah, I. I mean, it's so interesting because we've had like a few people, and they and they they when they when they're trying to convert us to Weather Machine, mm-hmm. it's because they love it. It's because they love it, mm-hmm. and they want us to. They want us to love it too, and they also want to play with us. And I. That's honestly, it's deeply flattering. Mm-hmm. You know, to the game, it's flattering to us. Sure, sure. So I get it because I've been that person mm-hmm. before who's like, no, you just have to get it. Come on, because you want. Um, for me, I think at the end of the day, whoever I do play with, I just want them to uh i want them to be bantery mm-hmm. sure. you know i think really that's what i want for all games mm-hmm. like if you're sitting at the table and you're not bantering with me if you're being quiet you're in my mind you're actively detracting from the experience i just want everyone to know that <laughs> like for, for me like yeah i uh and i hear that and that's why i'm always talking that's why i'm like paul you better talk that's you right. better talk yeah, that's paul. Right. you better bring it you know like you know uh i don't care if you play well but you better you better not shut up but uh for me when people really love a game like what I need to see is not their enthusiasm because you've already expressed your enthusiasm. What I need to see is like, well, I need to see the game that you're seeing because obviously I'm seeing a different mm-hmm. game and the different, the game I'm seeing like sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that's why I picked Trey because like, you know, yeah. Cause he could like show like the strategy. Like, 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 like Tom is a really good game player. Actually, Tom is also a very good. Oh, player. is he? Uh, but like, you know, but I don't always like, I don't track his thought process in the same way I can track Trey's thought process. Mm, got it. You know, it, uh, and you know, it's, yeah, I just, you know, the truth is that neither of us were totally sold off mm-hmm. of that first gameplay. We will, we, we should just like bite the bullet. Yeah. No, totally. And, and just like play it again and see if it starts to bloom. Maybe just like a line. What we could do, you know, like, cause, cause I'm, cause 
I'm an asshole. It's like we could, I'm, I'm putting air quotes, play it and then just really be so effusive. It's, oh my God, so good. And just, and just so effusive that people like go, I don't want to play this. <laughs> oh yeah. We just, or maybe it's just like maybe Weather Machine is 2022's Botoku for us. It's a oh, game yeah. that people yeah. really, really love, yeah. but for the two of us, it didn't quite hit the pleasure centers, yeah, no, I, which I, can happen. That's allowed. It's allowed, but like, you know, I like, I've played Batoku more than once, though. Like that's the that's thing. Like, true. You know, I, I, and so I'm going like, I don't understand what people like <laughs> about Batoku. Like, and I go like, I feel like either I am less human, or you are less human. I don't know. <laughs> actually, no. Actually, I understand why people like Batoku. Do you? Because I, yeah, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff in there in terms of like the, there's cards that you know there's sequencing there's dice. I think just for us, it felt kind of lifeless mm-hmm, sure. but i can see how that for other people figuring out that that card play figuring out those dice figuring out those combos mm-hmm. could be very exciting and rich and the and the theme and the board is beautiful so i can see that i actually can see yeah, that no, no, like, um yeah but we'll okay we'll just circle back we're just yeah, gonna resolve yeah. to circle back to weather machine like for those who we'll, 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 we'll get back to you as far as weather machine yeah also by the way speaking of highly asymmetric games hegemony is shipping is it it is on a barge heading to America, I believe. So is Horseless Carriage. Horseless Carriage. All these big games are arriving. Oh, 2023 so like, is going to be a... People already have their copies of Horseless Carriage in Europe. Which Horseless Carriage is the new splatter game, I should mention. Sure, sure, sure. Hegemony is the massively asymmetric mm-hmm. um, empathy machine, as Paul calls it. It's, <laughs> It will most likely be my game of the year since the prototype was yeah. already would have been sure. we played it. We just lost our minds over yeah. it. Um, you know what game I just uh, finished like two hours ago? No, oh, the, the, the Elven <laughs> Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Did serious? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I finished Elden Ring a few months ago. No, um, I finished playing a game of eighteen mag with my friends Judy and Matt. I mentioned it briefly last week. Okay. I actually really want to talk about it on this podcast because I found it to be a very fascinating game. Okay. Um, the game, it's an 18xx game mm-hmm. uh, designed by Lonnie Orgler. And the reason why I thought it was so interesting is because it really takes the 18xx genre and flips it on its head in a way that I personally have not Jeez. experienced before. Yeah. And uh, in a way that felt like that the, the stocks part of it the, mm-hmm. the the financial part of it felt like true speculation in a way that no other 18xx game oh. has felt for me so just sort of a top level view for people who are not familiar with 18xx because i think there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. still don't really know and that's fine i encourage everyone to get involved with 18xx culture etc but um basically uh 18xx games we are running railroad companies uh, you're, we're also buying stocks in those railroad companies. If you have the most stock in a company, you are the one who gets to make decisions for those companies. Those companies build tracks across a board. They run trains from city to city. They earn revenue from those trains and that revenue gets spat back out to shareholders and we can all different own different shares of different trains. I'm not going to lie. Uh, ben, that was probably the best log line of 18xx I've ever seen. Like, really? It, 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 it's, it was succinct. It was clear. Well done. I'm working on trying to be more succinct in life. I don't know if I've succeeded, but, you know, I, I, one I, can I, hope. I, I, I cannot judge. 
But like, but that was very. Like, I, I know you've done this a lot as far as like explore. Here, let me tell you what 18xx is. But that was the most. I'm trying to work on my elevator. I'm not trying to be more succinct. I'm trying to work on my elevator pitches. Like I was really proud of the one that I came up with for wavelength. I really feel good about the one. Every time I try to explain wavelength, I just get in the weeds like right off the bat. And then I realized, as I said the other night, mm-hmm. I said fundamentally wavelength is that you have to find where on a spectrum a word lies. That's it. There it is. One line for wavelength. Like, like I, I think, are you seeing like that, uh, that chat, G, 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 <laughs> the, the AI, the AI thing. <laughs> I'm like, please script all my thoughts. Here, here's log line. And you say like 50 words. And then <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in an 18XX game, like I said, you're running railroad companies, you're building tracks, et cetera. And in the process of doing that, um, you might, you know, you'll be, you'll need to buy bigger and better trains as the game goes along. You might run trains to far off locations that are called quote unquote off board locations. Uh, there's just like various things that you need. And that's just sort of like in a standard 18 XX game that is so germane to the way the game operates that there's nothing, you, there's nothing fancy or special about it. It's just like when you play a monopoly, you move your pawn mm-hmm. across down the things. So 18 mag just turns everything upside down. So basically your tr- you the train companies, you don't own stocks in train in train companies. You either own a train company or you don't own a train mm-hmm. company. And with the train company, you build your railroads and then you run your trains and you get your revenue. That's all you do with them. People cannot invest in your railroads. People cannot you you basically with the revenue that those railroads, you know, spit out Half goes into the railroad, half goes to you as the owner of the rail company, and then that money you can use to to do various whatever. things. Yeah, maybe buy a train or whatever. Where you buy stocks in, you buy stocks in these like specialty companies. So you might have a company that sells two trains, two and four trains. You might have a company that buys three and six trains. Okay, so let's say Paul, you have bought five shares of the company that sells the three and the six trains. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've invested in that company. Every time my rail company that I just outright own buys a three train, let's say the three train, I think it costs like $200, let's say, or whatever the, whatever the price, let's just say 200. So your company gets a fee. Your company gets like a hundred dollars into its treasury. Mm -hmm. And basically, um, let's say a bunch of these different companies buy three trains. So it's like a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. Suddenly there's like $400 in your company's treasury. Mm Mm-hmm. The dividend is basically there comes a point in every round where these little these these specialty companies pay out dividends. And so let's say three companies have bought these trains. There's three hundred dollars in the in the in the coffers. You're going to get paid thirty dollars per share. Mm -hmm. Like that's just the way it's going to break down. So your dividend is not coming from the railroads, even though you do get revenue from the railroads. Mm -hmm. Your dividend is coming from how often people use your services. Sure, sure. So what happens is. In this game, you are investing on spec that a service will be needed. So there might be a service like, oh, a second tile lay, like you're going to lay not just mm-hmm. one tile, two tiles. And there's other, I'm not going to get, sure. you don't need to know what they all they all of them are, but you are basically trend forecasting mm-hmm. sure, sure. and you're saying, hmm, this is going to be, people are going to use this a lot at this point in the game or mm, no one wants a three train just yet. It's not worth investing in now or, you know. And that was wild to me. And if you want, if you if you play 18xx, I mm-hmm. think it's definitely 
worth a shot. How does that sound to you? Were you able to follow all that? Oh, it's I, sort of bizarre. I, I completely understand it uh, because of your uh, succinct elevator pitch. Thank you. Well, uh, I think I, I think that was a tall elevator. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's great. Like, uh, my, my, my first thought is like, oh, I wonder if there'll be an 18xx where it has all three elements where you have, like, your your operations phase where you're running the train, a stock market specifically for buying uh, company, uh, train companies, and a secondary market. Like, like it'd be more like life, right? Like, let's say you're a investor. Mm-hmm. You have a train company, you go, but you have all this money, you want to invest in all these things. So it becomes more of an investment portfolio type thing. Yeah. And what what's fascinating about it is, again, you get revenue from two sources. You get revenue from your train. You mm-hmm. split the revenue from whatever sure. your train does. And you get revenue from how well your the service that you've invested mm-hmm. in pays out. So sometimes, like, I'll just be, uh, I will build my track. Like, I invested... I had some investment in the company that gets money every time you build on difficult terrain. Mm-hmm. So I will sometimes send my train into the mountains. Intentionally difficult. Intentionally. Just to help your... Uh, just to help my stock portfolio. But that, of course, is more expensive to build in. Mm-hmm. So then by doing that, I'm chipping away at my train company's ability to upgrade its train. But I'm helping my stock portfolio. And it's just there. how you spend your money... Mm-hmm is just it has a subtlety that's very different than well, other games i mean I, I just feel like eventually all these you, you, you get your eight-year-old to start playing 18xx and then you get enough they'll be good by the time they're 18 they'll be good at stock market manipulation yeah not not investing but manipulation <laughs> <laughs> So they'll be great hedge fund managers. Yeah, and like most 18xx games involve a large amount of speculation. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, I think their company's doing well. Sure. I want to invest in it, etc. But there's somehow like um, there's like a control. Like, well, like, now you're now the unlike the other uh, uh, the way you're describing to me, and I don't. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm speaking from what just what you said. Like 18xx, all the other ones, you're investing in people. Yeah. And and now like you know and basically how well you think they can run their company. Yeah. But in this here you're investing in how how well in the they climate. Can, exactly. And, like like in the how, game climate. Like like you're actually investing in the board what you think the board is going to provide. Yeah, and and so when you start investing in in the companies there's there's only uh, four types of trains. There's mm-hmm. two trains, three trains, four trains and six trains. And they never rust by the way, sure. which is interesting. But you know, there's one company that sells two and four trains. Uh, the and I'm not going to get into the differences between two and four trains. Sure. I encourage everyone to look up H and XX because I will just bore everyone to tears. Mm-hmm. But one company sells two and four trains. One sells three and six trains. So it's very clever. It was designed that way because it's you know if if a company only sold two trains after a certain point, everyone's going to get out of that company. Mm-hmm. Sure. But knowing that the four trains are going to come back around, like that people will eventually start buying four trains. Sure. You don't want to get out of the two tr- two. You no, don't want to get out of the two. Too early. Yeah, because it's going mm-hmm. people will be using it. So there's like this element of like when do I think someone is going to buy the first three train? Mm-hmm. Cause that's when I need to start investing in that company, you sure, know? Sure, sure. And then you're looking at how everyone's trains are doing and how much money they have, what routes they have. It's just fascinating. It's, it's the thing that you love. I could, I could hear you salivating from here. Yeah. It was just, it was just a different, <laughs> it was a different kind of a different sure. thing. It's available on eight and XX stock games. Sure, if sure. people want to try it out. Um, I definitely, oh, it sounds great. Yeah. I don't know. People may, may not be people's cup of tea, yeah, but it, the, the unrusting, the non-rusting is interesting because that's not, that's usually a, a hallmark of ATXX. Right. Well, in this one, you don't rust, but what you can do is you can discard trains anytime mm-hmm. from your company. So it's about knowing when to discard, how to move uh, them around. Is there a train upkeep or something that, you know, that, is that why you No, nope, 
it's just a train limit two trains only okay it's just about you just there's a train management aspect but that's not the, the pressure point the pressure point i think is really about like when do you invest and in fact i saw eric brocious i believe wrote this he's like a big h&xx player who's always on the bgg forums he um he wrote about how this is basically a game about being grifters <laughs> <laughs> i think he said grifters it was basically yeah, like he, hey he, i'm selling he, i'm he selling should, the service he say grifters even if he didn't like that, that. you're investing in people who are basically trying to like take money from these yeah, companies yeah, love it love so it. i love that um uh another game that i thought we we got to play mind management by the way recently we what did, did you think about that uh, i i loved it but I'm always I'm always gonna be a fan of like hidden movement games. Uh, I like playing uh, against one person, either people coming at me or I'm gonna pounce with some people on someone. It's it's you know the the asymmetry is good. Like uh uh yeah I with that game like I, like you were you were the mastermind right. Uh, uh, I was yeah, I was the mastermind and no, but I was the mastermind once first, and then and Gilson was, was oh was Gil yeah Gilson was this the other time that's yeah, right and, uh, and it was just one of those things where like like I said before like I'm always very interested in seeing how my friends think mm-hmm. you know how they they're, they're gonna and, and nothing is as satisfying as when I go like oh this is what you're doing and you know yeah. and then and then they're and you know they're either saying no I'm not or they're they're just quiet and and you're like I know, and you know, and like the, that, that kind of tension is really fun for me. So like there's this point, uh, when David, like, you know, uh, like he, he made his move, the big move and go like, he's here unless he messed up and, uh, <laughs> and then he goes, and the game's over because <laughs> I messed yes. up. <laughs> you, uh, you basically, you just, you were on top of it the entire time when I was the master, the, the hidden mm-hmm. movement, the recruiter, as it's called mm-hmm. in, in mind management, um, which by the way, mind management is a, um, is a hidden move. It's one versus many hidden movement game. One person. We did a review of this, right? Like, we did. We did. I, I had ne- never played it before. Yeah. It's designed by Jay Cormier and Sen Fung Lim. And basically like one person is moving around secretly trying to do something. And everyone else trying to catch them. And I was that one person. And just like right away, just like you guys just like knew well, it was like you knew like, and i was like, like so, so, damn uh, this is hard so what happened was like you know there are places where you know like things are blocked or something and it creates a little bit of a of a bottleneck like, yeah and so like the insight that i had is like well ben is gonna go through the bottleneck first not in the middle of the game but but right in the beginning, get that, out of the way. Get, get, get out of the way. That's what I'm saying. Like you knew. <laughs> it's like, but that wasn't that was me knowing you. And so, like, assuming that this is correct, then like there are only four or five different things he can be doing. You know, and, yeah. And, and then it's just a matter of compressing those things. Like, what, what's really great about the game is like when you first start, you kind of go like, "There is no way that I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. catch this." There's it's too the the, the the decision bush is so big; it's Thick. almost a tree. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a yeah. It's like a it's an underbrush. Yeah, that's right. A decision underbrush. And uh, but very quickly you go like, oh, this is doable. And so uh, when David went his, uh, well, you know, got his turn to be the mastermind, or is it called a mastermind? Is it what? The recruiter. Yeah, because you're like recruiting uh, people secretly. Like I, I I go and challenge him. I go like, you know, I will I will get you by this move here. It, and and then at you know at the latest and he's like okay whatever and he was doing really good until he messed up it, it, and then he did less good. 
Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, this was an example of a game where I was like, I want to see Paul play this game because I would. This is where I want to see what, the way you talked about wanting to see Trey play mm-hmm. Weather sure. Machine. I was like, I want to see Paul. I want to see Paul's brain and Jordan's brain too because yeah. Jordan, Jordan's had been really wanting to play mm-hmm. it. You'd been yeah. interested in. It. I was like, I want to see both of you because you guys. You guys are sharp. Yeah, you guys are sharp. And like uh, Gillison's sharp too, but you guys are like, this is the sort of game where I was like, oh, uh, this is a Paul and Jordan I'm, I'm moment. A microchip. You're, you're not wedge, a microchip. But, but the thing about the microchip is like the microchip has great computation, but the wedge is sneaky. The wedge, <laughs> the, wedge under, the wedge knows things. It understands things, you know? Yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the game. But the game that the highlight of the game that of that night for me was lords of vegas <laughs> i'm so, i'm so glad you brought that lords of vegas before we get into lords of vegas i do want to mention first of all 18 mag was designed by lonnie orgler and let me see if it was anyone else because um candace speaking of candace she uh did drop me a note to remind remind me to give a shout out to um to you know last week matt and i talked about um messina 1347 and we kept on saying it was a, it was a suhi design but it was also you know he's a co-design he designed that with raul fernandez aparicio and then also um when we talk about woodcraft that was also a co-design that was uh with ross arnold so just want to give a shout out to those designers because it's important to give credit where credit is sure due. so um lords of vegas yeah we just we played that we played lords of vegas first after mind management mm-hmm. it was supposed to be just like a light 90 minute game and it turned out to be a very long game and then uh we also played it this past friday at yeah. tom's place no, it, it was great it worked out great like it's it's a great game <laughs> yeah it's designed by james ernest and mike uh mike selinker not selinker selinker s-e-l-i-n-k-e-r selinker selinker sure uh, almost like mandelker selinker yeah right um so why don't you tell everyone what lords of vegas is all about well uh, so basically you are maybe a developer. That's what developer. It's developer. And basically, you're building casinos, and uh, and eventually the casinos are going to hit and pay out. The way this happens is uh, there is a deck of cards, uh, and there are five colors of casinos. And every time a, a card is pulled on, like a card is pulled on your turn. Uh, that card uh, has a color, and then people who have those casinos, they get paid out, and they, uh, depending on the size of the casino, move up the point track. Uh, and uh, you get you also get paid residually for every, like, uh, reservation, like, it's Tiddlywinks. You, know? you have lots that you own, so yeah. they, they, like, give you rent. Like, if you own a house, you get some money for it. And so, and from there, you get to do things, like, you can either... Uh, if you're in control of a casino, the, uh, you get to either change its color if you'd like. Uh, you get to uh, sprawl to the next uh, lot that you don't own, mm-hmm. or uh, you could, you know, if you don't own a casino but you're part of a casino, you get to challenge and try to take over at the the, the management, uh, or you can even go and gamble in someone else's casino, try to take their stack. You know, it's you know, like I. It's basically like you know, draw a card, maybe roll some dice, build some, uh, build some uh, stuff, stuff, and then like, it's almost area control. Is it area control? It's area control. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. area controllish. It, 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 part of it is area control. It's not. It's not the big part, but like you know, uh, but it, it's all very fun. Like you know, um, I, I reckon like it's a fun forward game. That's why I would describe it because like, like you know. 
the dice in the cards. Like uh, the, the very important thing to do uh, is that there are five casinos, five, and there are nine cards in each. Uh, in- there, each casino is different color, yeah. and there's five, so the five different colors, and there's nine cards in each color. So, um, so, so as you go through the deck, like you basically go like, oh, this this color has come out seven times. That means there's only two more of this color in the deck. So maybe it's not a good time to invest in the the reds or or right. the golds or whatever. So so then you, there's this color manipulation trying to play the probability of the of the the draw, and and there are basically there, there's basically one card in the bottom quarter of the deck that once you hit this. The game is over. Yeah. And so it's basically a game of pure speculation and luck. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to build, you try to be strategic where you can be strategic, but you have no control over what lots of land mm-hmm. the gamer is going to give you. It's a tactical game. Yeah. It's a tactical game. You have, you're at the whims of the dice in many ways, in almost all the ways you're at the whims of the mm-hmm. dice. Um, but it's just, it is deeply, deeply fun. Like it's the game's from 2010. I just also oh, want to point sure. out it's an old game and please do not confuse it with Vegas showdown, which, which is also good, which is also super fun yeah. and also an older game and don't confuse it with Las Vegas, which is also a, a that's another dice chucking game. That's mm-hmm. very, very fun. And it's just a different game. Um, yeah. I mean, Lords of Vegas. Uh, I've, this is one of the very first games I ever bought. Really? Yeah. I, I, um, when I got turned on to Settlers of Catan in mm-hmm. 2014, sure. wow, like nine years ago, which wow. is wild. Sure. Can't believe it's been nine years I've been yeah, playing you, board you, games you, like you this. Have, a collection does not speak to that, you know. Oh wow, it's wild. But I remember I saw I was watching uh, this YouTube show called Tabletop. Did you ever watch that with Will Wheaton? My producer for my movie uh, made that show. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, Trey, Tom, and I used to go to the yearly Tabletop uh thing and we used to play and the table it was like the annual tabletop day or something in yeah, april yeah exactly like uh, i think we went to it twice you know wow that's they, so cool they, they have good swag yeah they have good swag um no when i first got into Catan, mm-hmm. i started watching tabletop because i was like what is this this game is amazing are there other games that are like this mm-hmm. and then i did a search for Catan on youtube that took me to tabletop i started watching i was like this is so fun so one of the games that will wheaton did an episode on was this game lords of vegas mm-hmm. And the there was just like the the dice rolling and the fun that was present on tabletop. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this yeah. will be a good one. Yeah. This will be a good one to get. So I bought it, and you know now it's you know nine years later, and it it is still it is banging. It's it, a banger. It's a banger. So here's the thing that makes it amazing to me. So one of the things that like if you're a gambler, you go to Vegas and you play. You know, like there's a roller coaster of emotion of like I'm yeah. up. I'm down. I'm up. I'm down. And in both games, you could see people up, and you could see them go down, and yeah. up and down. And that roller coaster is so super fun. Yeah. So just to watch, to, to experience, like you know, yeah. There, there are points when you know, invariably, what will happen is like someone will be down, and then they'll stay down, and they'll grumble, grumble, grumble. But it's just like Vegas when you're down on your luck. And things aren't hitting, like all the cards aren't coming, or the or the the numbers aren't coming, and you're just like, I hate gambling. You know, yeah, it's you're so like, awesome. It, it, so it replicates the feel of Vegas in a way that I I haven't felt like it. it yeah, it. I I agree. I think that like everyone, um, any review you read about this game mm-hmm. or see, 
everyone talks about how this game feels like Vegas. And I, I think it is that the, 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 um, luck, the pendulum of luck swinging back and forth is like really ingrained in the fabric sure. of this game. I mean, when you play Las Vegas, when you play Vegas showdown, mm-hmm. those are Vegas themed. Mm-hmm. It can off, especially Vegas showdown, which I love. I, I bought it mm-hmm. um, recently. You know, when you're building out your casino, that's yeah. very fun. It's like, you can tell stories. It's like, Oh, I feel like I'm mm-hmm. building a casino, but Lords of Vegas feels, feels like Vegas. It feels yeah. like you're, you, it's a, it's weird. It's not that you feel like you're in Vegas, but you're getting that emotional up and down, up and down, yeah. which I think is what makes those ups and downs um, okay for people. Uh, yeah. Right. Like, Cause it, it makes sense. The up and downs make sense. Sure. sure. I, I, like what, what I really, you know, to that extent, like, you know, like if you go to Vegas long enough, like, you know, like on a trip, like in your, and you get to the losing part, like there's a fatigue, Yeah. you know, and there's a sadness and a, and a grumpiness that it, it and and so in both games there i felt like there was a person who who was gonna win and then the tides just turned they do yes uh-huh. <laughs> and they you gotta... were grumpy and because i'm a jerk i was going <laughs> well and so the way that the game and then the setup of the game there's this game end card and what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do is uh basically pull out the bottom quarter of mm-hmm. this draw deck and you're supposed to put the game end card on top of that mm-hmm. of that deck, and the idea is that like when you get to that bottom twenty five percent as you close in, that game end card is going to come, and mm-hmm. there's going to be a quarter of the cards, of roughly a quarter of the cards you will sure. never see. But when we played with Jordan and David Gillison, I was cocky and I said, "Guys, why don't we shuffle the card into the bottom mm-hmm. quarter so we won't know." When, it come, when it's going to come, even more obfuscation. Obs- sure, sure, sure. But what happened was by doing that, it was actually towards the very, very bottom, and the game went on way too long, which wouldn't have been a problem. But it was just like you had some mega casino that was giving you so many points and so much money, and then also Jordan had like his his empire. It's like his, he was like the golden nugget, yeah. and it like it was glorious it had, it at one day. moment. It had its day. It had its day. <laughs> it had its day. <laughs> But it's just not doing well on Yelp. And and so it was the combination of you just doing just amazingly well, Rich getting richer, and then Jordan just sort of, he had nothing left to do. They were like, this game should probably, it was also 2.30 in the morning. But um, one thing that I like about the game is that um, I think the reason why we have these sways of emotion is Mm -hmm. because the game makes... The game does a really good job of of building its stakes, of growing its stakes mm, as it goes yeah. along. You know, 100%. so one thing that you can do in this game is uh, with the, the these tile when you build the casinos, there these there these like donut shaped tiles, like square donuts. Mm-hmm. Imagine a square with a cut on the middle, because in the middle you put dice. Mm-hmm. You put dice on in these areas. the The value of the dice initially is determined by the actual underlying board. And whoever has the highest die in the casino, because we can all have different, we can all have dice in mm-hmm. the same casino. Whoever has the highest single die is the casino boss, which means they're the one. Anytime that casino pays out, if a card for that casino is flipped, they're going to get the points. They're going to get the money. So at a certain uh, everyone's going to get the money for for the, oh, yeah, their you're picks. Right. It, but, right. but, but you know, but they get the points. They get the points. It's like it's basically like it represents maybe like the corporate structure. Sure. We're know. all going to get our paychecks. Yeah. But only the CEO is going to get the credibility. He's going to get the boat, like, right? Like, this. (laughs) It's it's good. It's so good. So, inevitably, you start to say, hey, 
fuck this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, a coup. We're going to unionize. Janders <laughs> unionize. Because basically, because a lot of times it's like, um, you maybe you started that casino mm, yeah. and you had this one little square, this beautiful... Uh, an unknown property called, you're like, I don't know, why don't I call it like Caesars? I'm going to call it Caesars. Yeah. And I have my value three die. And I say, oh, you have a nice little brown tile there. I'm going to put a brown tile next to it and I'll put my six in it. And I'm going to be part of Caesars, but I'm a six. So now I own Caesars. Yeah. And you say, but I started Caesars. Leverage buyout. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> you keep getting these points off of my investment. I don't like this I'm anymore. I'm going shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> you say, I don't like this. We are reorging. Yeah, okay? exactly. And basically, everyone re-rolls their dice. Whoever has the highest dice becomes a boss. Yeah. And just like that, it's like that's, there's, it's just, it's and, and, huge drama. Exactly. And, and everyone's vested. Everyone's invested in the result. That's the, that's the thing. Like, you know, because if, if Ben is winning and I'm playing against Ben and I'm in part of that casino, uh, the other people are rooting for me to take over because yeah. Ben's winning. Like, you know, there are other times too, like where you can gamble in someone's casino and you could, if someone has a big stack, you go like, Oh, I want to try to win some money from them so I can do the things I do. The problem is like, if you lose, you just given the person with the big stack even more money. Yeah. And so like every, you know, there's such high stakes for everyone, for every decision mm-hmm. that like, you're always invested in it. There's, there's, there's no point. There's no, there's no, point in the game where you're going like oh i guess i'm gonna go like you know look at my phone right now every person's choice is impactful to you yeah and there's like an urgency right because it's like it's like i i need to reorg this casino because every time a gold card comes up paul's gonna get three points and i actually spent a lot of the money to make this casino so i can't baby yeah and it's like maybe it's like okay there's only all right, we've already used five yellow cards. Mm-hmm. There's only four left. I'm all, this is only going to hit four more times. At I most. don't have I don't have the time to uh, to like wait and like like to build a long. There's no long game strategy, mm-hmm. right? Like you need to you need to take over this casino right away. You got to do what you can because like man, if you go around if that if you go around the table and that and three gold cards come up. And you decided that was not the turn for you to reorg. You have now like you're not going to be getting points. Like, so you're like, I got to do this. I got to figure out a way to make this happen. And so everything feels like it's so urgent. Like yeah. it's now or never in the yeah. game. It, it, I mean, like it, it's truly a fun game in that way. Like, it's fun for it, like you know, in a, in a way that I mean, I think a lot of games we we talk about are strategic games where there's a, a coolness about it. like, oh, here's what I'm going to do, and blah blah blah. I'm going to figure this out. Blah blah. blah. This is very tactical. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think being tactical, it forces you to be in the present. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a component where you want some future forecasting, hopefully, but like but you really want to be in the moment. And I find in some ways it's just like uh ready set bet. bet. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like uh like there you, you know, you have here's what the odds are gonna be. Guess what? The results aren't going to be those odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you have to be there present. And actually, I, you know, I, I feel like I actually solved both games. And that is the louder you are, the more likely you are to win. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It seems, to, it seems to have worked out for you. I mean, there's also there's so much drama in Las Vegas and Lords of Vegas. Yeah. Like, because when we, you know, we describe the act of reorganizing casinos but like if you have a big casino that has like five or six dice in it and um maybe paul has three dice 
I've got two dice and someone has one die, you know? And so we roll those dice and then out of nowhere, that one single die is actually the highest one. And now this one person who didn't pay anything is now taking over the whole casino. It's like you have these big swings of, of, of fate and drama, drama that people are cheering for some reason, I have like brought this game out um, many times at game nights where there's been another game, mm-hmm. like multiple times, and without fail, every single time, Lords of Vegas is the one <laughs> that like you just always see people from the other game looking over, being like, "Oh, I I was there? You guys are having so much fun!" Because it was always like cheering and screaming and clapping and oohs and ahs. Yeah. No, I, I I have only positive thing. Well, I take it back. If you don't like this type of game, you won't like this. Type you won't of game. like it. <laughs> but I found that I yeah, yeah. I found that like it's always worked. I think even people who don't like dice would enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's just nothing mm-hmm. but dice. Like it doesn't. It's not promising anything other than that. I think if if you're if you want to play a heavy euro, if you want to play like a splatter, and you play this game, it's not going to be a good substitution. It won't be. It's it's a it's a medium weight fun light light to medium weight game. Like it'll take some time. Uh, you'll be invested in it. You'll have fun. But like, if, you, if you want to burn that part of your brain, that's not. This is not that game. It's not. It's all about speculation. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that it has a uh, an ex- there's two expansions for it. One of which I don't have a new uh, the Yet. newer expansion. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm not interested in the in the third expansion. The third expansion, um, I think it's something like like I can look right now. It's like under underground or something like that underworld it's it's yeah it's called underworld it came out last year and it involves i think cards that give asymmetric powers i don't want to deal with that but um the other one though that's the expansion that's really good is lords of vegas up Mm -hmm. which um it expands the game to six players Mm -hmm. which is really good and it also uh, provides the ability to add risers to your buildings your builders can actually grow vertically on the board um which has lots of Subtle imp- game, uh, gameplay implications, but also some really it's some good fixes because you can wind up in a game where you have uh, a single tile casino that at a certain point is not going to earn you any money because we didn't talk about the scoring track. Mm-hmm. Scoring track is really interesting. You're trying to earn points, but um, the, at a certain point, the, the track starts to become gated. So in order to go from eight points to 10 points, you have to have a two point surge. Like you can't, if you just you're if you're at eight points and your casino hits and you get one point, uh, I think we should just say like you know if you have a one block casino you get one point. I was about to say we didn't actually describe yeah. how the points work and in this if game. You have, if, if if your casino takes two blocks, two lots, then it's two points. Or has, or has two tiles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so like the risers allow it to have more get, tiles. Exactly. You you basically can have more tiles in the same footprint. Mm-hmm. Um. So like if you're if we pull a card. And your casino comes up and you have a your casino and has like one riser under it, that's gonna be a two tile sure. casino. So you're gonna get two points. So if you're at the eight point if you're at eight on the scoreboard, you can now progress to ten because you've made two points at in in one chunk. Um, which is a really it's actually a really cool mechanic because it's a um natural headwind. It's a natural headwind and mm-hmm. it and it it keeps people from running away with the victory and it also encourages people to grow and grow. And you can also like um, what we really didn't talk too much about this, but there's like, there's a lot of like uh Machiavelli, not Machiavellian, but you can take over people's casinos that you can change the color of your casino mm-hmm. and then merge into someone else's against their will. And um, hostile takeover, baby. It gets crazy. It, it, like, like, <laughs> 
you know, for the two anti-weather machine people, like, you know, in our game group, like we, we give this, you know, the, the double thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> double thumbs up. I, I definitely think like if you're looking, if you see, if you see this game, I don't know how available it is. If you see this game at a store, I kind of think it's an instant buy. I really do. Wow. High yeah. praise. Because it's just, it's, it's always, I've literally never had a, had a bad time playing it. I played it with my parents and my oh, nephew. Wow. That's surprising. And I don't play many games with my parents. Play it with all sorts of people. They just always have a really, really fun time. Cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, there are other games out there, but like, I feel like that's such a nice one to end on, yeah, right? Like, of, this is a spur of the moment, like, you know, uh, podcast. Like, it is just a tableside chat about, it's just tableside chat about like, you know, apparently uh, racism and privilege and. And, fairness and fairness and uh and lords of vegas Lords of Vegas, a game that you it's like the whole other end of the spectrum yeah, exactly. like is that like a game that's you're just at the whims of the dice yes, and right. you can't even bother saying that's not fair because it's just it's, it isn't it isn't it's just <laughs> well, it's well, wait, no i take it back randomness is fair because it hits everyone at the at, same at, at, degree of randomness exactly. each time randomness is fair yeah there we go it's a game today uh, today's episode has really been about fairness and speculation hasn't it it's it's deep it's deep yeah good job us good job us (laughs) (laughs) all right well guys um you've been listening to game brain produced and edited by matthew robinson tom donnelly trey also been ben mandelker special thanks to daedalus for our incredible music more on daedalus at gamebrainpod.com and thanks to edamar peleg for our incredible graphics be sure to check him out on Instagram at Kerbuloni or on his website, kerbuloni.com. Reach us by email at contact at GameBrainPod. Thanks for listening, and go play some games with friends, or make some friends with games. Landed. 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 Uh...